Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Broadcasting live from the Stiefel Sports Studio in St. Louis, I'm Mike Claiborne. We welcome everybody to sports on a Sunday morning. We've got a lot of things to talk about. We're going to go right to our Quiver River Cooperative guest line and standing by is Brian Kelly, who we normally talk to on Sunday morning, although while we're going to talk to him, he's in Minnesota where he took in last night's game. So, BK, give me the lowdown on how cold it actually was. It was so cold that when I bought a beer, I had to reach into the cooler to get it, you know, one of those self-serve places. The air coming out of the beer cooler was warm compared to how it felt. And actually, if you held onto the beer can, it was like a hand warmer. <laughs> and during the course of the game, the beer froze. During the course of the first period and a half or so, the beer started getting icy. So that's well, how cold it was. Obviously, you weren't drinking it fast enough. No, that's for sure. <laughs> so when did it start to set in? And I know you probably layered up. I don't imagine you being one of the St. Louis Blues the way they dressed last night, which might have been no. the coolest thing of the night aside from the win. Uh, how much did you have to layer up, and when did you actually start to feel like maybe this wasn't a good idea? Well, I, I started layering up in the afternoon, about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock or so, and I went out for a little while and got some to eat, and that's when I realized I needed to layer up some more for the game. No, so I said I layer up, not hotel. liquor up. I said well, layer no, up, well, not liquor up. Well, <laughs> no. well, a 2 o'clock bit of both, in the afternoon, you know. that's a little early. Yeah, it was. It was. But uh, it it gave me time to realize that I needed to go back and and go ahead and put everything I brought basically on. And then uh, once I did that and walked down to the uh, where the festivities were going on outside, it felt pretty good. It wasn't too bad. And once I got in the the stadium, which is beautiful and the way it was set up was beautiful. um, The only thing that really got cold every now and then my nose 
And uh, my right big toe got really cold late in the game in the third period. Other than that, it wasn't too bad. Right big toe, any different right from the big left toe. big toe? I mean, <laughs> does that tell you rain is in the forecast or something? I mean, I, I, it told me it was really cold. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, at these sort of events, you normally see someone who wants to show he or she how much of a real person they are. What's the mm-hmm. hokiest thing you saw? Did you see somebody running around with a, with no shirt on or any of that sort of stuff? You know, I didn't. I jokingly said that I had a blue note painted on my chest and I was going to display it later <laughs> in the game, but I did not see anybody like that. Uh, everybody was pretty well bundled up. I didn't see anybody, you know, trying, trying to uh, cheat the elements and get on TV that way. Were there uh, a lot of people in the concourse where it may have been a little warmer compared to sitting in the seats? Yeah, but, you know, the seats were packed pretty much the entire game from uh, from what I could tell, but they had a little warming station up. We, we were pretty close to the top of our section, and they did have a warming station with heaters set up above, and there were people up there. I only went between periods. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I mean, there were there was a lot of activity in, in the concourses, but I think most people were, were prepared, and, and uh, doggone it, we were going to watch the coldest winter classic ever and, and enjoy it. Well, you, you got your money's worth and then some. All right, we already know about the uh, the adult beverages. What other cons- items did you consume in order to stay warm? Uh, actually, nothing else. That was it. So you just threw, you uh, just kept throwing the Bud Light back, huh? Uh, yeah, well, I had the one beer, and actually that was it. Uh, so I, I, well, I had a little bit before I got yeah, to the okay, game. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. A little bit, okay. you know, a little <laughs> And a little uh, Yukon Jack and wild turkey, just a little bit, just, just a, a little bit, just a pint. But, you know, yeah, all right. Yeah, I got you. yeah, I got you. So that keeps you warm from the inside. All right. Well, listen, I wanted to get you on, and because we normally do this on Sunday, but uh, you were involved in a very unique situation, and you're part of history, being part of the coldest game in the history of the National Hockey League. It's something I can talk about the rest of my life. However, at my age, I don't know how long that is, but <laughs> I have made a lifelong memory. That is for sure. It was so And, you know, everybody there, I think, kind of had that feeling. Uh, you know, it, it gave us kind of a common enemy or a common cause that we were all there, whether we were Blues fans or Wild fans. We were there to, to survive this thing, and, and we did. And uh, even the Wild fans around us, we had a great time. It was just it was a, a best day ever, for sure. All right. Well, congratulations on weathering the elements, and uh, go thaw out somewhere. I don't think you'll thaw out in less than 24 hours. No, but I heard it's, what, six there? Oh, geez, that's yeah. nothing. That's yeah, that's nothing. right. You're walking a park for you. I'm surprised. You'll get off with, like, flip-flops on the plane. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, but I'm going to wear what the Blues wore. There you the go. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure those are available in the gift shop right now. I, I would think so. All right. Hey, BK, as always, thanks for time, for the time. Uh, enjoy yourself uh, on the way back, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you down the road. All right. Thanks for having me on, Mike. All Take right. Care. That's Brian Kelly. He was there last night, folks, in Minneapolis. Uh, it, it, didn't, it didn't even look like that, that was fun on TV. And uh, the best thing about it was, A, the Blues and their attire going to the rink. And if you haven't seen it, just go online. You you can find that, that look anywhere. Um, shorts, Bermuda shorts, summer shirts. One of the players had a uh, cooler. Uh, it was a really cool thing. And uh, Colton Pareko was rocking a Wainwright jersey. So it was a, it was a fun night uh, for the Blues before the game, certainly during the game, and Jordan Cairo for sure. And after the game, as the Blues ended up with a 6-4 win. We're going to come back and talk more about last night's game and what the future holds for the Blues with Andy Strickland of Cam and Strick, that great podcast you can check out. Later, we'll visit with Earl Austin Jr. as the Royal Banks 
Uh, St. Louis U. Billiken Report will come your way. Royal Banks of Missouri, St. Louis U. Billiken Report will come your way. And also we'll finish out the hour with Howard Richards. We'll talk some football with him, the bowl scene, and certainly the NFL. We've got football on KMOX this afternoon. The Cincinnati Bengals will provide the opposition for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to be in Cincinnati. The pregame comes your way at 11 o'clock, kickoff just after 12. Billiken basketball will come your way on 97.1 with Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin. So we'll have a chance to talk with uh, Earl about that and a few other things. So we've got a lot of things going on. We'll take our first break. We'll come back with Andy Strickland here on X, broadcasting live from the Stiefel Sports Studio right here in St. Louis back after this. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. As St. Louis U, as St. Louis University, you heard Bob Ramsey here and Earl Austin will have the call on ninety-seven point one just after one o'clock. Uh, and uh, Billikens will take on Richmond at Shafer's Arena. But we're going to talk some hockey now. We'll go to our guest line and standing by is Andy Strickland. He is the co-host of the well-known podcast Cam and Strick. He and Cam Jansen do a great job talking hockey on that webcast on that podcast. But we're going to say good morning to Andy. Andy, uh, how much fun was last night? Is watching the St. Louis Blues and uh, let's let's say not ideal elements, but they went out and just dominated uh, the Minnesota Wild, despite what the score may say. Yeah, no. Well, the score kind of suggested that too, Mike. I mean, they were up six to one, and I know you know Minnesota put on a push in the third period, which is what you see teams do quite often. And they listen. They made it interesting. They pulled the goaltender with several minutes left in the game. Kind of unconventional from that standpoint, but. You know, listen, I always enjoy watching the Winter Classic. You know, having the opportunity to obviously be the one here in St. Louis. Went to one in Chicago as well a few years back. I mean, these are always fun. They're the signature event of the NHL, and, you know, they take so much pride in it. They spend a ton of money on putting these events on. They make a lot of money, too. And considering the fact that this was the coldest one they had ever done, it, it, it made it that much more interesting and certainly special when you look at uh, just how the players reacted to it. So it was a lot of fun. We didn't do the game on Valley Sportsman West. It was on TNT, so you got to sit back and, and just relax and enjoy it. Well, you know, it's interesting you talk about spending a lot of money. How much do you think these teams as individuals had to spend money with regard to preparing for this event? This is not your normal outdoor game with the weather uh, having such an impact. Uh, this can be a very expensive venture, can it? Oh, yeah. No, I would imagine so. I think the teams make a little bit of money, too, with it. But when you consider how much, you know, um, from an equipment standpoint, I mean, when you're dealing with the temperatures that they were dealing with, Mike, uh, and I can't put a finger on it in terms of what they spent, but, you know, they, they, they um, you know, sought out some advice from the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, their longtime equipment trainer, who's a real close friend of Burt Godin's here in St. Louis, and, and other teams have done this in the past, kind of gone to the advice of the Green Bay Packers. How do you handle the cold? I mean, obviously Green Bay is used to it. And it's not just the players, but it's also the equipment people, the trainers, the coaching staff. I mean, all these different individuals that are out there suffering the cold throughout. I I talked to a bunch of people who were at the game last night, Mike. I mean, people said it was the most miserable they had ever felt in their life considering how cold they were, but they're glad that they did it. They said they may not do it again, knowing what the temperatures were last night, if that was ever the case again down the road. But but they're happy they did it, and they certainly survived. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the one-trick pony. You know, you've done it, and no reason to do it again. And 
like you yeah. mentioned the fact you had a chance to sit at home and watch it. Me, me I was the same way. If I, if I wasn't working that event, there's not a chance that I would be there. No. Not no. a chance and at all. And, and, and it is fun for the players. And, you know, you look at some of these past winter classics and where they've been, Mike, you know, Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, the big house in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, I think they had one at Notre Dame. Um, you know, they've um, – they, you know, obviously Wrigley Field, you know, Soldier Field, you know, even Bush Stadium here in St. Louis. So, you know, Target Field doesn't necessarily resonate with a lot of these other iconic buildings, but they did an unbelievable job with that yesterday. You're still a distance away from the field just in terms of the actual, you know, viewing experience and being able to see the game. That's never the best either. Um, but like I said, everybody who went, they survived it. I'm sure a number of people left early. In fact, I was told that people around them, uh, the, the the stands kind of got more and more empty as the season, as the game progressed, especially with the Blues getting out to a huge lead. But it's one of those things, Mike, I was saying to my wife last night, I go, this is one of those events when you're watching it, we sit there and say, hey, we should have gone. And I think people who were there at the game said we should have stayed home. You know, <laughs> so, so it, that's the way I looked at it. Hey, let's talk some hockey for a second. Blues are, are getting healthy. Uh, many of them have gone through the COVID protocol so far. Is, is there one player that has really stepped up and taken a, a real advantage of this opportunity? And is there a concern moving forward on what the rest of the season might look like for the St. Louis Blues? Well, there's been a bunch of guys that have really stepped up and taken advantage. I mean, first off, you just got to look at a guy like Jordan Cairo, who, listen, he's been given an opportunity since the beginning of the season, but he's now elevated his status as a player to, you know, this be, truly being a breakout season for him, even though he put up some decent numbers last year, too. Um, it's no fluke. Uh, this guy should have been a first-round pick. The Blues were able to steal him in the second round. He put up incredible numbers in junior playing in the Ontario Hockey League. You know, he played with Canada in the World Juniors the whole nine yards. So he's got the resume that, you know, points towards him being a special player, and now we're seeing it. And when he was playing in junior, Mike, I mean, this guy would have uh, – he had multiple, you know, scoring streaks of 30-plus games. And he was more of a playmaker than he was a goal scorer. I mean, he scored a lot of goals, but it was his passing ability that really caught the attention of a lot of people. I think he had 70 assists his final season in junior. So, I mean, we're seeing a lot of the goal scoring, but it's his vision, his hockey sense, and his playmaking ability that I think that's only going to start to shine even more so as you move forward in terms of him evolving into, you know, showing his complete repertoire and what he brings to the table. The chemistry he has with Robert Thomas, I'll never forget Thomas telling me earlier in the year how badly he wanted to play with Kyrou. And you just kind of wonder, hey, at what point do you just put Kyrou and Thomas together just in terms of their youth, their enthusiasm for the game, their good buddies off the ice, and maybe see what kind of magic and chemistry they can create on the ice. And now we're starting to see that. But if there's one player who maybe is taking advantage of an opportunity right now, it's Nico Mikola. Because the, the defense was the biggest issue, at least biggest concern, for me, heading into the season. And that proved to be true, Mike, early on in the year. The defense just wasn't good enough in terms of how they were playing, how they were defending. And, and it looked like they, they needed not just, you know, to go out there and explore the opportunity to improve the defense, but they had to go out and get somebody. Mikola was hanging out in the wings. He wasn't playing at all. And finally he gets into the lineup. Now he's truly solidified himself in the top six. He's not going anywhere. And he's playing some really good hockey with Colton Pareko. They've established themselves in terms of how they want to play with one another, the matchup game, everything that comes into it, just the size they bring, how they complement one another. So 
if there's one player, man, I have to say Nico Mikola. It's not to suggest that they still won't add to the overall defense, but I think in terms of what they need, maybe it's changed just a little bit. Final question for Andy Strickland of the uh, great podcast, Cam and Strick. Um, one thing we see now is a lot of depth with this hockey team, and because of injury and because of COVID, some guys really got a chance to to play. Uh, so with that said, how important for the limited opportunities practice may afford the Blues because of the schedule, how important is practice now in order to catch a coach's eye? Because right now you've got a bunch of guys who are ready to go who might be healthy scratches longer than they'd like to be. Yeah. I, you know, listen, I, I think if you get your opportunity in the games, that's where you have to make your impression, Mike, because you just mentioned that you're not getting a whole lot of practice time. And when you do, uh, there's a you know, decent chance you don't have everybody out there or it's not your traditional practice in terms of how hard they're going right now. Um, you know, you, you got to truly use these days off to recover um, physically. You know, a lot of these guys are veteran players, and they know what it takes to play. But for some of the younger guys, I mean, absolutely, when they're on the ice, no matter if it's a practice or a game, you're certainly going to want to, you know, put forth the, uh, the effort or whatever to get the attention of the coaching staff. But it's really about waiting for your opportunity to get in there during the games because it's what you do during the games how you play time and score, how responsible you are, getting pucks in, getting pucks out, the little things, little details of the game, that's what's going to earn you more ice time and a bigger opportunity. All right, who we have for a podcast guest this week? Ooh, uh, well, this week we got our second half of our, of, our, uh, of our best of 2021. We had so many amazing guests. Honestly, we had to make it into two parts. I don't like asking people to come on around the holidays. You know, like everyone likes to enjoy themselves, whatever. But we've got some good ones coming up. We've got Doc Emmer coming up. He's in the bag. Um, we've got Peter Bondra coming up. We've got Bobby Holik coming up. So we've got some real good ones that people will enjoy, and, and uh, we'll have more for you. Mike, you know that coming up in 2022. All right, man. Well, I'm looking forward to taking a listen. Uh, keep up the great work, and keep up the great work on Valley Sports as well. You guys are in action. Uh, Blues are in action in Pittsburgh on a Wednesday night. That should be an interesting test for the Blue Note. I know Pittsburgh's good, man, and, and you know they still have Crosby and Malkin and whatever. They're a little bit inconsistent at times. You don't know what you're going to get, but at the end of the day, they're a good hockey team. That's a TNT game also on Wednesday, Mike. So we've wow. got a little more time off before I think the Blues come a, home. A well-rested Andy so. Strickland. A well-rested Andy Strickland is uh, <laughs> on the radio right now. All right, man. Hey, thanks for the time, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you down the road. Okay, you got it, Mike. Thank you, sir. Andy Strickland, Cam and Strick, the podcast, folks. It's a lot of fun. We'll take a break. When we come back, the Royal Banks of Missouri Billiken Report will come your way, and that features Earl Austin Jr. Billiken's in action a little later today. We'll have a chance to talk with Earl about that and much, much more. So we invite you to stick around. We'll be back after we take this time out from the Stiefel Sports Studio on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 10.30 in St. Louis. Let's go to the guest line and standing by with our Royal Banks of Missouri Billiken Report is Earl Austin Jr., fine color analyst for St. Louis U Basketball. Earl, good morning, sir. Michael, how are you? Happy I'm New Year to you. The same to you, sir. I'm uh, doing extremely well having a chance to visit with you. Well, we have conference play 
We thought we would have a few games before conference play, and COVID has obviously had an impact on the schedule. Uh, so first of all, what do the Billikens look like with regard to personnel available to them today? I understand we'll have uh, close to a full team. I'm not sure what we're going to officially have. I'll know that when I show up at Chaffetz. But uh, we should have enough to play. I think that's the main thing. And Richmond made it through here. So uh, after two weeks, we're going to finally have a college basketball game at Chaffetz Arena. Looking forward to it. And it's conference play, and you start off with Richmond. So tell me a little bit about the Spiders. The Spiders have been one of the better programs in the league. Uh, Chris Mooney's a heck of a coach. They have a veteran team. Everybody, uh, most of their key players came back for that COVID year. Uh, they have a young man from Kansas City named Jacob Gilliard, who's uh, the all-time NCAA leader in assists out of uh, Kansas City area. He's a very good player, point guard. Uh, they got Grant Golden, a 6'10 center, uh, good, real skill, big guy. Uh, Nathan Kao, they got a young man named Burton, who really came on last year and led him to the NIT uh, finals, I believe. So uh, it's a well-schooled uh, veteran team. That'll be a good challenge for him today. Speaking of challenges, the Billikens have had a challenge recently at home in closing games out. What what do you learn from something like that when you've had a couple games where you had them in your hands and you let them slip through? And they were good teams that they faced. This wasn't like they got sloppy against a bad team. So what do you learn from that? And what are you looking for seeing out of the Billikens today when it comes to trying to close a team out if they're in that position? Well, it goes to show that the game is 40 minutes. You know, it's cliche to say that, but it's not 37 minutes. It's not 35 minutes. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be focused for the full 40 minutes. And you know, we've seen some stretches of great play where we've gotten out to big leads. But the main thing is, you have to down the stretch. The main things you have to do is make sure you get a shot. You can't turn the ball over. And then defensively, you can't have breakdowns. You gotta make when you play half court man to man defense. You, if they hitting big, if they're hitting big shots against your good defense. Uh, that's one thing you tip your cap. But if you're kind of getting breakdown and getting wide open shots or layups, easy layups, because uh, you're missing the sign or whatever, that's another thing. So you just have to tighten down the stretch against good teams. You have to tighten up even more because they'll make you uh, make you pay for any mistakes or breakdowns, and that's what happened to us. Like we saw that against Dalton College in the one game we did win. But you're playing conference games now where everything is magnified, every possession, because teams know you. Your tendencies, coaches have been around, so you just have to, like I said, you got to play the full forty as best you can. You mentioned the conference play, and you talk about Richmond. Give me a couple other teams that the Billikens are going to have to face that are going to be, you know, pretty tough down the road. Uh, maybe they were highly ranked at the beginning of the season, and now they've had a chance to get some gains under their belts. Uh, what teams should you be on the lookout for? Well, St. Bonaventure is the one team that everybody's looking at. They uh, won the league and uh, tournament last year and got to the NCAA, and they returned all their starters. And Mark Schmidt's one of the best, most underrated coaches in the country. Uh, got the best shot blocker in the league, Osinagi, Kyle Burton. Uh, uh, Lofton uh, uh, is a heck of a point guard. VCU has always been a team that's uh, been in the hunt. Dayton, they struggled early, but then they won a big tournament in Orlando, beating Kansas along the way. It's a top five team. Uh, they should be in the mix. So uh, it, it's going to be a bet. I still look for Richmond. Davidson last week uh, had a big couple weeks ago, had a big win at, against Alabama, a top 10 team. So uh, Bonaventure probably gets the nod going in, but uh, it still will be a very competitive league from top to bottom. You know, with, with COVID and, and transfers and injuries, 
you know, teams don't have that consistent look like they used to. And I know for people who haven't had a chance to come down and watch the Billikens, give me a player that maybe they're not familiar with that you started to that started to grow on you with regard to watching him make a contribution. The young man who's really developed in the three years that we've seen is uh, uh, Gibson Jimerson. He showed up as a you know kind of a three point shooter, kind of a catch and shoot guy, and. Uh, He's really developed now into more of an offensive, versatile offensive threat, especially in the, with the departure, with the injury of Javante Perkins, our leading scorer coming back. Gibson's kind of diversified his game. He still shoots the threes, but he's really attacking the basket. He's scoring off the ball on those backdoor cuts, and he's getting to the free throw line. I think he shot more free throws in one game, I think this year, eight than he did in his entire sophomore year last year. So he's really uh, uh, diversifying his offensive game as well. Um, he, so he, he, that's going to have to continue as teams, you know. He's and he, obviously he's doing it while being game planned more this year as well. Earl Austin Jr., color analyst for the St. Louis University Billikens, is our guest here on Sports on a Sunday morning. Earl, um, let's talk a little high school. There, there are a lot of good high school teams in the area, and I, I think uh, when you look around town, there's not one area that's more dominant than another. But give me a team that um, – give me the obvious good teams that you've had a chance to take in and give me a team that's been maybe a pleasant surprise that you're looking forward to seeing grow down the, down the stretch of the season. Well, Vashon has really done a good job. Uh, they're 12-0, and and they've won the Centralia Tournament down there in Illinois. Uh, fantastic uh, run for Tony Irons. A couple other obvious teams, CBC out of the Metro Catholic League has done a – done an excellent job this year as well. They played a really tough. They've got a few losses, but uh, they've really uh, uh, done a nice job of Metro Catholic League, a team that probably seems to pay a lot of attention to. That's, that's been very good. Uh, Troy is a very good team uh, out of uh, Lincoln County. Uh, they won their own tournament, beat the Smet, finished fourth in the Coaches versus Cancer. Uh, tournament as well. Another team that's really been on a roll lately that people aren't as familiar with is Westminster Christian. Uh, they've uh, uh, finished third this year. They finished second in the state last year, losing to Vashon. That's a program that's kind of been good, but not on the radar like Vashon, CBC, Chaminade, and a lot of these other uh, big name teams, but they're kind of making their mark on their Dale Ribble. Uh, on the girls' side, okay, it's in Carnot Word, and who else? Oh, by the way, 48 in a row now, 48, yeah. I was going to remind you of that at some point. Yeah, I know. And, you know, here's the thing about that streak. This isn't like they're playing. They're playing some some very good teams, not only in the area, or at least the ones that will play them, but they have that national schedule, so they're not ducking anybody. This isn't like they're piling up wins against teams that can barely field a team. They, they, uh, they're earning this every night. Right, like in the visitation tournament last week, they defeated in the semifinals Cardinal Ritter, which will be one of the teams to beat in the Class 4A championship this year. They'll be one, and then in the championship, they beat Whitfield, the team which won the 5A state championship last year, and will be one of the teams to watch this year to probably repeat. They got most of their top talent back. So, like you said, they'll play anybody and everybody, and then Dan takes them all over the you know, all over the country and plays the top teams. He's been doing it for years, and uh, he's done an outstanding job. And like you said, look, but a few other teams, like you say, I already mentioned Cardinal Ritter, I already mentioned Whitfield. Those are two teams that are 
that have been excellent as well. Edwardsville, Illinois, on the Illinois side, has done a fantastic job over the years, and they're, they're a good team as well. All right. Well, awesome. Uh, you and Rammer get ready for this afternoon's action. It should be a lot of fun. Hopefully we'll get uh, the temperature to rise enough where we'll get some fans out today to take in the Billikens as they have Richmond, the Richmond Spiders in town. And uh, that should be a fun game to get the conference started off as far as the schedule is concerned. Absolutely. And once again, Happy New Year to you and everybody out there in uh, Billiken land. All right. Awesome. Always mm-hmm. good to visit with you, sir. Stay warm. I will. Thanks, All right. Michael. He's Earl Austin, and he is uh, – Earl's got man. What is as Rick Wallace once said many many years ago? If the kids got game, Earl knows his name. If there's a better person in St. Louis or maybe even in the country who knows the games and knows these players as well as Earl does, with no edge, he doesn't have some ulterior motive. The guy puts work in, and when he, you listen to he and Bob Ramsey on the air. Uh, it is fun basketball for sure. So always great to have Earl on, and he can talk about You roll it out, and Earl can talk about anything. So it's good to have him on. Speaking of having good people on, we're going to visit with Howard Richards, the Mizzou Hall of Famer, color analyst for the University of Missouri. He is going to join us. we got some bowl issues to talk about. I don't know if you saw the games over the last couple of days. Uh, yesterday was a lot of fun. And if you're an Alabama-Georgia fan, it was a lot of fun on Friday night. If you're a casual football fan, you, you ask yourself the question, really? We got to see this again? And if you're the teams that they played, you say to yourself, man, we may have a little bit more work to do than we thought. So we'll get into that with Howard. The NFL schedule is up and running the day as well, and we've got some fun games to discuss on that front, including the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. You'll hear that game here on KMOX. The pregame show starts just after 11 o'clock, kickoff, a little after 12. You can hear it all right here on KMOX. We'll come back and talk with uh, Howard Richards when we return from the Stiefel Sports Studio here on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 1044, welcome back, everyone. Let's go back to the guest line. And standing by is the Mizzou Hall of Famer, also the fine color analyst with the University of Missouri. And he has his own podcast called Huddle Up with Howard. So you can check him out just about anywhere. He is Howard Richards. And Howard, first of all, Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year to you, Michael. How's it going so far? Well, for I'm cold. I'm cold. And <laughs> you know me and cold weather, we do not get along. And uh, I'm just <laughs> counting down the days when I can do something else with the, as far as the weather is concerned. Let's just put it that way. Hey, let's Well, you know where I am. Yeah, I'm I know. How, was, how is it there? You know, Dallas can have a little bit of a cold snap. 25 degrees. Oh, man. 25 see. degrees now, but it was, it was below. It was probably... 15 degrees overnight. Crazy. Yeah, Crazy. well, see, again, I, and, and you're in Texas and it's cold, so I got to go further south. All right, let's talk a little college football. Uh, bowl games. You've had a chance to watch Alabama and Georgia up close. Uh, are they that good? Because everybody in college football, they wanted to have Cincinnati in it because, you know, they ran the table. Michigan was a hot team. They beat Ohio State and they beat them soundly. So we thought we had a good Max, Max – uh, as far as playoff teams are concerned, the four teams are going to be involved. We thought we'd have a couple of good games. Apparently nobody told Alabama and Georgia about it because they reminded everybody how good they really are. So are they that good? They are, and they perennially are good. 
Um, and they proved as to why, you know, they're in the position that they are now. And they'll be both playing uh, a week from Monday in the national championship game. I, you know, I was at the Cincinnati-Alabama game, and I thought Cincinnati hung in for a while. But you knew it was just a matter of time because you could just see, I, I could see the, the matchups on the field just starting to play out. Alabama wore down Cincinnati. Uh, they forced them into making mistakes. Um, uh, I think they had uh, the quarterback Ritter on the run quite a bit. The Alabama defense did, and they just ran out of gas. But Alabama is a machine, and you know it, it's it's what most college programs aspire to be. You know whether it's Georgia, or Alabama, um, and and I think you're going to get a tremendous showcase. Um, on the national championship game uh, next Monday. Well, you mentioned showcase. Not only will we see talent, but the NFL scouts will be um, salivating over seeing this collection again this year uh, with even more on the line. So with Alabama's success or Nick Saban's success over his uh, former assistants, uh, do you see the outcome being any different than what we witnessed in the past few confrontations? Based on what I've seen this year? No. Um, And, Honestly, it was a surprise that Texas A&M was able to beat Alabama earlier in the season. Uh, it was, it was a, a bit of a surprise. Obviously, um, you know, Jimbo Fisher coached under Nick Saban for some time. Um, it, he certainly has the formula and, and knows, you know, how Nick coaches. Knowing and doing are two different things. <laughs> and, and all you have to do is look at how many times his assistants, Nick Saban's assistants, have faced him. Uh, and have and they've all lost, with the exception of Jimbo Fisher this year. Um, I don't think it's going to happen this year unless there's something fluky that happens. I know Georgia's a good team; they're still missing some some pieces um, offensively. They did get Pickens back. I'm not sure if he's where he needs to be as a receiver yet. Uh, the defense is really good uh, on the Georgia side, but Alabama's playing much much better, uh, and they know what's at stake. This means a lot to them to go out and and win this thing again. And uh, I, I just would not, if I were a betting man, I would not bet against the Crimson Tide. Yeah, I, I just think that even though they have an offensive line that features a first-round pick, maybe two, uh, you know, people wonder, well, what are they going to do uh, offensively? Well, okay, Jamison Williams is the best receiver in the country, and they thought they could shut him down. They said, oh, you think so? Oh, well, let's, let me introduce you to our running game. See what you think of that. And it just seems like they're so versatile and they can play it any way you want. And that's the one element I think Georgia uh, would have a problem with, the fact of being able to, to match up with them, not defensively, but offensively. Can they sustain anything to keep Alabama's offense off the field and put some points on the board themselves? Yeah, I would agree with you. Even when Missouri played Georgia and, and hung tough with them for uh, the first quarter and a half or so, and um really showed up well. I, it's You started to see, um, and I think the expectation was that, that this would be a tremendous blowout loss and it would be over quite early. But I think even then, Georgia was struggling. They didn't even run the ball that well. They did have a, a pretty good day passing. Uh, but they, they weren't clicking on all those cylinders. It, it wasn't like, okay, you want to shut down uh, like Alabama's. You, we want to shut down our passing game. We'll throw in Bryant Robinson. He'll rush for over 200 yards. Or if you think you're going to show down B-Rob, uh, we'll just have – we'll ratchet up Jamison Williams another couple of notch, and he'll embarrass you on the, on the top end. Um, and that's, that's what they have, even without Mechie, uh, who, who's out with an injury. 
Uh, they just have so much depth. And I know people are tired of hearing it, but listen, this, this, is a, this is a prime example of why Nick Saban is the best college coach to ever do it. Especially in this era um, where the transfer portal and so many other teams are trying to bring their A game to them every time they face them and they still find a way to weather the storm and also you know, give you something to think about the next time you put them on the schedule. Hey, let's talk a little bit about yesterday. Some very entertaining games. Uh, I thought maybe the most entertaining game, uh, unless you're a Utah fan, was Ohio State and Utah, which we saw C.J. Stroud throw for 573 yards, six touchdowns, and he's a freshman. Uh, there's a team that may be lurking in the weeds down the road, Ohio State, uh, in what they did. But Utah gave them all they could handle because both teams decided, let's just leave the defenses on the buses and we'll just try and figure out how to score more than you can at the last second. Yeah, I was kind of celebrating, but keeping uh, celebrating the new year, but also keeping an eye on that game. And I looked at the score. I thought, wow, Ohio State has just really fallen apart after losing to Michigan. Then, you know, the, one of the people I was with said, you know, Ohio State's going to come back and win this game. And I said, you really think so? He goes, yeah, I think they, I think they will. And lo and behold, you look up and you see the score. But then, more impressively. Uh, you mentioned what C.J. Stroud did throwing for 573 yards. Uh, but the his receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, are you kidding me? 15 catches, <laughs> tying a, a Rose Bowl record for 347 receiving yards? I mean, that's insane. Even at this level, at the FBS level, he breaks that record. I don't think – who can approach that anytime soon? I just don't see it. Um, but, I mean, they're a talented team. Um, if they played Michigan again, you know, I don't know that Michigan wins that game. Yeah, uh, I agree. Because if they play the way, but yeah, if they played the way they played last night, uh, and they were playing, I think, angry, and, and they had something to prove, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure Michigan um, has a chance in that game. And Michigan really didn't didn't show up against Georgia. No. Um, disappointing for, for the Wolverines, of course. But, again, it just goes back to the dominance of uh, what SEC football is all about. Hey, for one final question for you before we get out of here. A lot of debate over the weekend with regard to players sitting out and not participating in bowl games. And, you know, I, I know some of the analysts on TV mentioned the fact that, you know, guys have lost the love for the game or they feel entitled. But, you know, it, let's go back to the fact that they're not getting paid for this, okay? And some of these guys are trying to protect their best interest. And we saw last night what happened to a player who didn't didn't uh, sit it out in Corral, the quarterback from Ole Miss, who we don't know how extensively he's going to be injured, but certainly took money off the table because he was a guy that was projected to be a first-round pick. Where do you sit on this? And, and is there some middle ground here with regard to these athletes who elect not to play in that bowl game where it doesn't come off of being selfish, but they do have to protect their interest at some point? I have to say that initially when I when this wave of players deciding to sit out, uh, I was against it. I, I look at my own situation, um, working hard to be a, a high draft pick, uh, and, and I played in our Liberty Bowl after my senior season, then flew to Hawaii, played in the Hula Bowl, came all the way back, back across the continental U.S. The, the next week and played in the Senior Bowl. And then got ready for all the, the personal workouts um, you know, by NFL teams. There was no giant scouting, one scouting combine like they do in Indianapolis this year. 
but my reason for doing so um, was to solidify my draft status. Uh, I wanted to prove that I was worthy of where people were projecting me to go somewhere in the middle to late first round. Uh, and it worked out for me. And I think playing in, especially in those all-star games, is what did it for me. Um, it, I think it's a, it comes down to a personal choice. We saw what Eli Drinkwitz did with uh, holding out Tyler Beatty. Um, and, you know, there's a lot into that move. It's a very unselfish move on the part of, uh, of Drinkwitz, you know, for a number of reasons. You know, he had incentives to win that bowl game, uh, financial incentives, if you will, plus an extension on his contract. But he thought more about the player, Tyler Beatty, to keep him out. He, and, and Drinkwitz said himself, if I pushed for him to play, which he wanted to play, and he got hurt, without ever having a chance to uh, sign an NFL contract because I, I couldn't live with myself. Um, so, uh, you know, that to me, that, that speaks volumes. And if, if I'm a parent and I'm looking at uh, my child being recruited by Eli Drinkwitz or coach with that mindset, um, I, I think that I'm going to give strong, strong consideration to uh, convincing my kid that that might be the place for them to go as a result. Now, again, it, it comes down to personal choice. If guys think that they don't want to risk it, you know, a lot of the scouts are looking at it this way, the NFL scouts. Uh, if a guy has done all he can do in college, they really don't really don't care if, if he plays in that final bowl game or not because uh, they don't think that he has anything else to prove. But there are a number of players that truly can benefit by getting that extra time in that bowl game and in these you know postseason all-star games, and many – that have elected to sit out those bowl games. Um, I won't say that they hurt their draft status, but by not playing in those games, they weren't able to showcase what they could do, especially if you're being coached by an NFL staff in one of these games, say like the senior bowl. So it, it, it's personal decision. There's also, also risk, the risk of, of not being able to further prove yourself, and there's the risk of injury. So you as an individual must weigh those two decisions. Um and making your choice as to whether or not to play. Howard, as always, it's great to visit with you. Thank you for your time. Safe travels back home. We'll talk next week, sir. All right, my friend. Take care. He's Howard Richards. I'm Mike Claiborne. Kansas City Chief football is coming your way. The pregame show is up next right here on Your Voice for the Cardinals and St. Louis U, KMOX. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.